Praise the Lord. Well, it's good to be back in, in Minot, and uh, thank you, uh, Tim, for bringing the message last week on, on the words from the angel, and um, Happy New Year to everybody. Did you know that uh, in your faith, for you to come to Christ, that God moved first? God moved first. God is always first. God makes the first move. Now, we have a responsibility when God does move, but uh, I want to talk to you about that first move of God today and how we see it in Scripture and then how we can see it in our own lives. And, and also, as we sang that first song today on that we want to know Him and we want to make Him known, I want you to be thinking about that as we approach this year, 2020, uh, as how we can take the gospel to our community, take the message of Christ to our community, how the message of Christ can, can get into our families and into the surrounding folks around here, and to know that in our heart that whatever, however that is going to take place, it will always be God making that first move. I want, I want to just read the first part of the book of Ezra. I want you to turn in the Old Testament. And we, I'm not, I, I am taking this message in, in its context from the context of the, of the book of Ezra. But obviously, we're not here today to read that whole thing. So I'm going to comment on through it. And I trust that you might take a good read of it. Um, I would like us to go into um, Nehemiah this year, if we can. And uh, originally, Ezra and Nehemiah were actually, uh, in the Hebrew Bible, were connected. They were, they were one book, and we've separated them out, Ezra and Nehemiah. But I hope you see here in this passage how God moves first. Chapter 1 of Ezra says this, In the first year of King Cyrus of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken through Jeremiah, the Lord roused the spirit of King Cyrus. Your translation may say stirred. He roused the spirit of King Cyrus to issue a proclamation throughout his entire kingdom and to put it in writing. And this is what King Cyrus of Persia says. The Lord, the God of the heavens, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth and has appointed me to build him a house at Jerusalem in Judah. Any of his people among you, may his God be with him, and may he go to Jerusalem in Judah and build the house of the Lord, the God of Israel, the God who is in Jerusalem. Let every survivor, wherever he resides, be assisted by the men of that region with silver, gold, goods, and livestock, along with a free will offering for the house of God in Jerusalem." God moved first. This, the, the temple of, uh, that was built, Solomon's temple, has been demolished. It's been demolished for years. It's been flattened. It's in rubble. And God wants his temple rebuilt. And here, he, God moves first to, to, to implement this, to get it moving. He comes and moves and stirs a king's heart. 
to issue a proclamation, not only to issue a proclamation, but to also was moved to provide everything that would be needed. Whatever is going to be needed for this building, God stirred in in this king's heart to provide it and to write it down, to document it. And if you, as you study this book of Ezra, you'll see later that this, it was needed to be written down. It was needed to be recorded that his proclamation was that I, you're to go. I want you to go, and, and I will provide the means for you to build this temple. Now, that was the move, move on, the, on the king's heart. God was first. He's implemented this. Well, the building of the temple was going to take people. It was going to take his people to go build it. And so you see in verse 5 here, where it says, So the family heads of Judah and Benjamin, along with the priests and Levites, and then listen to this. This is the ESV. Your translation may say it's slightly different. But everyone whose spirit God had roused... Everyone whose spirit was stirred by God, was moved by God, prepared to go and rebuild the Lord's house in Jerusalem. Now, not only that, verse 6 says this, that all their neighbors supported them with silver articles, gold, goods, livestock, and valuables, in addition to all that was given as a free will offering. And then here the king brings out articles for the Lord's house that Nebuchadnezzar had taken from Jerusalem and had placed in the house of his gods. Now it's all going to be provided back. But God moved first. God stirred the heart of the king, and then he stirs the heart of the people to do what? To go back to Jerusalem and rebuild this temple that was demolished. God moves. Now, as God did that, as God stirred in the hearts of the people and got them together and to go and do this, he not only did he stir them to go, he also, in in their spirits, and it's implied throughout the passage, that when they did this, they did it uh, together. They did it together. If you just go down to uh, chapter... 2 and go down into verse 68 it says after they arrived at the Lord's house in Jerusalem some of the family heads gave free will offerings for the house of the Lord for the house of God in order to have it rebuilt on its original site and it goes on and says what they gave and then verse 70 says, the priests, Levites, singers, gatekeepers, temple servants, and some of the people settled in the towns, and the rest of Israel settled in their towns. They go on, and they, 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 they work together. They do it in order to rebuild on the original site. They come together and, and, offer, and give offering now. They're moved and stirred in the hearts to give, to give offerings. It also says in 3.1, when the seventh month arrived and the Israelites were in their towns, the people gathered as one in Jerusalem. Now, I I just want to point out that the the importance 
of not only seeing how God stirs and rouses and moves people, and he's always first, he rouses them to give, he rouses them to give free will offerings, but he causes them to stand and gather as one. There is such an importance, there is so important, and keep this in mind, that to, to know Christ and to make him known has to be stirred and roused by God, moved by God, and done in, with one accord, done together. Not a few people, not two or three, but the whole group. If you read Ezra, you will see that all the people came together and they stood as one. So you, one translation, your translation might say they stood as one man. They stood like one man. They were, there, there was no separation. They were together. God stirs and moves hearts and minds. He stirs people to give and he stirs people to go. And I think it's so important but when he does do this, he's always ahead of it. He's always the one guiding it. It's important to listen to him. Now, what does that have to do with us today? Because this is a story of the building of the temple of God, a physical temple. But we no longer now, God resides in us. We are now his temple when we come to Christ, when, when, when we come to him and we believe in him and we trust in him, we become that temple. And before we come to that saving faith, that saving grace, God moves first. God moves upon us first. God stirs and moves hearts and minds, and he stirs them to come to him. He, the only reason you're sitting here and I know you and I know you in here and know you know Christ. Well, you came to know him because he first moved into your life. He first stirred in your life. When you were a child, maybe your parents, they, had believe, they were believers in Christ, but your faith in Christ doesn't rest on their faith. You have to have your own faith. And your parents, I'm no doubt, they probably prayed for you and they asked for God to draw you and God moved in first and that enabled you to believe. He says in the book of John, 1 John 4, 19, we love him because he first loved us. God so loved the world that he gave his son, he gave his son first. Now, as you look at the whole of Scripture, if you go back in the Old Testament, you always see God moving in first, right? You see him moving into Moses. There's a burning bush. Look at that. Stand, take your, take your sandals off. You're standing on holy ground. He moves into Abraham. He, he, he came looking for Adam in the garden from the very beginning. He came after Gideon when Gideon was hiding. He called people. He came to Daniel, and Daniel fell as an angel, and, he, and Daniel fell on the ground trembling. And when he spoke, the angel stood him up on his feet and then spoke to him. But it was God first. They were just going about their business. God came in first. And God came to this earth in his time, in the fullness of time. And the only reason we love him is because he loved us first. 
God stirs and moves hearts and minds. He stirs them to come. John 6.44 says, no one, John 6.44, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Later in verse 65, and if you look in there, he says it several times, but he says it in different ways. In 665, a little bit later in that John chapter, he says, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted by the Father. Think of that. Because God is always first. God is always on the throne. God is in charge of this. God stirs your heart. We call it provenient grace. That's a big word. You can Google it and research it a little bit. There's a lot of discussion about this. You know, you've probably heard of irresistible grace. You've got a whole platform of people over here that they, 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 they proclaim irresistible grace. And then, then there's a whole platform of folks over here that say it's provenient grace. And it's a good study to look at this. But Scripture is the best way Looking at what man says is good, it's a good thing, but you need to know it in your own heart and ask God to come in first and reveal to you his truth about provenient grace, which means, provenient grace means to come before. In other words, grace always comes before you accept grace, before you believe by faith in the grace. He moves in. He stirs your heart. It causes you to bow your knee to him. Listen, in, 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 so, in some ways, if you look in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, for example, when Paul was having a conversation with Lydia. Remember Lydia? She was a gifted woman. And to help her understand what Paul was saying, the scripture says in Acts 16, 14, that the Lord opened her heart. The Lord opened her heart so that she could understand what he said. Now, what does that tell you? The Lord moved in and says, Paul's talking to you. Yes, he was sent. Yes, he was drawn to Lydia. But in order for her to understand, God was first to open her heart so she could hear what God had to say through Paul. He's always first. He's first in the sense when we come to the communion table, which we're going to come to today. He moves in first and says, listen, a man ought to examine himself. Well, I'm going to help you examine yourself, he says. I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to you, and he will convict you of sin and righteousness and judgment. I don't like conviction. Well, it's good to be convicted, and then just acknowledge it, and then take the elements that offer the forgiveness that Christ says, do this in remembrance of me whenever you meet like this. But he moves in first. He's first he first moves in to convict us. We're not convicted until he comes with the Holy Spirit to convict us. We can't hear a thing that he says unless his Holy Spirit reveals it to us. It's just foolishness to us. The Bible tells us in the Corinthian letter that the cross is foolishness. The message of the cross is foolishness, but not to those who are being saved. Well, how do I get saved? God is going to move in with his grace. And when you see him, oh, don't turn him down. Don't refuse him. Don't turn your back. Don't run away. Accept him. Accept him. 
Move on. Move and do it together. Support one another. Don't give up meeting together like some do. God stirs. Now, so God stirred in your heart. God moved. He came first. You accepted him. Now you're born again, and you're going to live your life. What happens? What happens? Or should I ask, what has happened to you? If you've been discouraged, if you've been disheartened, have you felt like giving up? Have you felt like just packing it all in? Well, join the crowd. Because you can even look in Ezra, in the book of Ezra. Like I said, I'm just going to comment on these and ask you to go look and, and just List, look at this. If you see this story, it is the story of your salvation and your walk with Christ. It is a type of relationship with Christ. What happens? They get together. They stand as one. Free will offerings are given. They give money to the, to the stonemasons. Oh, everything is provided. The old men supervise the young men, and the young men do the work, and they work together. They do it together, and they build the build. They build the, 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 this foundation and then when they come to get on to doing the wall, uh, the, wall the, 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 the rest of the temple, opposition comes in. Discouragement comes in. Words of discouragement. Complaints go back to the king say, these people, do you realize if they build this temple, do you realize if they, if, if, if they all come back to Jerusalem, they don't have to pay taxes. You will, go, you will be out of money. And they begin to make a complaint. And the complaint goes to the leadership. And the leadership write back and say, stop the work. Stop the work. There was opposition to the building of the temple. You can read that in chapter 4. And at the end of chapter 4, after all this discouragement, it says in verse 424, now the construction of God's house in Jerusalem had stopped and remained at a standstill. But then it has a nice word. It says until. In other words, it's going to get going again. Why? Because God is always first. And God is going to move in. They all got excited. They all got things done. They all got together. They all stood. Discouragement came. Letters got written back saying, these people aren't going to pay your taxes. They're, they're a rebellious people. Look at their history. They dig into that history. They say, yes, this is a rebellious people. And they, and they discourage them, and they get a word. They've got to stop the work, and they stop the work. It remained at a standstill. When I saw that, when I read that, I said, doesn't that happen in our faith? That's happened to me. When I first came to Christ, I, I didn't get really rooted and grounded in my faith. I, I, Christ now wants to live in me, a temple, just like he wants to live in you, a temple. And he wants that temple built, and he wants it strong. Well, we don't necessarily get it all done. It takes time. It's a whole lifetime. And we get discouragement, and then it can come to a standstill and a stop. I asked you this morning, is your faith at a standstill or a stop? How, has it stood still for a while? Until what? 
Until what? Well, if you read further, they go back into the records. And that's why I said earlier, it's important to remember that it was important that King Darius wrote it down. He had a record. See, God moved in first, but then he had the king write a proclamation. Write it, put it in writing. Well, they dug it up. They dug up the writing and they found that it was proclaimed that everything was to be provided for. And they got back on with the work and they built this temple. You see, yes, God's first, but God moves, but God has a record. See, this word of God that we have is in a, in a way like the proclamation that the king made in the beginning of Ezra. It is a record for us. And when that enemy comes in, and we just spent weeks on Ephesians chapter 6, talking about spiritual warfare and the need to put on the full armor to fight the battle against the enemy that wants to discourage you from building the temple of Christ in your, spirit, in your own self. And we often can come to a standstill, but we have a record. We have the word of God, and the word of God will stand forever. The word of God is his breath. It's his living word, and he wants us to meditate on it and look back, and when we get discouraged, go back in it. We, when, we, when we get to us, we feel like we're standing still. We, we get into a Sunday school class. We get into a Bible study. We get into a fellowship. We, we get on our knees and pray. We, we open the book and we look and we read about it. And he says, I came to seek and save you because you were lost. I came first. And the only reason you do love me is because I love you first and I love you now. Because I'll never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. See, that work stopped on that temple in Ezra amidst the conflict. But God gave wisdom to the people in Jerusalem and caused them to be calm and write a letter back and say, go and read, go find out this real truth about what we're doing here and that we are going to get this thing accomplished. And I want to encourage you this morning that when that opposition comes in to form a spiritual warfare of you, that God will give you wisdom. Call for the Holy Spirit to open up your mind. And if you will lift Christ up, the Bible says, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw people to myself. Lift up Christ. Ask the Lord to open up your heart so you can hear what he's saying to you personally. Ask him to be that provenient grace to come before so that you can be healed. Ask the Holy Spirit to open up your heart. Ask the Holy Spirit to just welcome him to come and convict you of righteousness, judgment. And then he will say, well, this is why I died. And this is why I have communion for you. So what are we going to do in 2020? I mean, yeah, this is good stuff and it's good to look at this and I encourage you to read this. And, but as I came back from Montana and I started thinking about us as a church and thinking about uh, reaching the lost, reaching out to people, getting this message because without Christ, it's just a bunch of rubble out there. 
And there are people that came to Christ and then they've wandered away and they're standstill, they're stood still and the enemies got them in a grip that they can't get out of. And in a sense, when we want to make him known, Christ will always be first. So how does that work in our community then? Well, I'll tell you how he's first. He's first by us praying for our community and praying for the people. We've talked about this. We were excited here this last summer when we walked out into the community. First of all, when I was gone, the prayer ministry was walking around, praying through the neighborhood, praying over the homes. And we went out and we, we got a hundred door hangers that says your home and your family were prayed for today and you're invited. And we got excited to do that. And you know what I went and did? I thought, well, let's order a few, another couple of hundred. Well, then when I looked online and I thought, well, you can buy 500 for this much and Wow, then it got even better if you buy a 1,000. Then it got even really, really low cost-wise if you got 1,500. And I thought, 1,500? I'm going to order 1,500. Now, I wanted to be trusting God that I was being led of the Holy Spirit and to order 1,500. When I, when I ordered 1,500, I felt like it was an overwhelming task. As I came in this morning and I was thinking about this and I was thinking about God is first. God will stir hearts. God will move on people first. Unless he does that, it's just pointless. 1,500. So they were in the back of the sanctuary. Now they're in the office and I've got a big box of them outside of Faith's office. They're just stuck there waiting for us. And really, we don't want to do it in the flesh. We don't want to do it just because Nigel said. The only reason we want to go out in this community and hang these things and reach people for Christ is because Christ died for them and he wants people saved. And and as I thought about this, well, God moving first, well, first to pray. We've been praying, Lord. Well, don't quit praying, keep praying. And then walk around the neighborhood. It actually makes me a little bit nervous about what was going to happen with 1,500 things get hung out on people's doors and all the divine appointments we might have because God will move ahead. Well, God will move first. And then what are we going to do if people start showing up? I'm like, I'm nervous about that. I shouldn't be. I should be excited, but it will change our family. But God wants to people to know him. So Romans 10, 14, you know this verse? I know you do. It says, how then will they call upon him in whom they have not believed? Well, how will they? Well, he he doesn't leave us hanging. He, He goes first and tells us. And he says, and how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? And as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. That provenient grace can move in, that grace that God moves first, but we're still, God gives us that. He doesn't make us robots. He says, you need to receive me and accept me by faith. Verse 20 in here is kind of interesting in Romans chapter 10. He said, then Isaiah is so bold. He's so bold as to say, I have been found by those who did not seek me. 
I have shown myself to those who did not ask for me. What does that say? That said to me that God is first. God is going to be first in our community. God is going to be first in our family. God is going to move in. People are out there not asking for God. Some of them might be, but not everybody is. The Bible says there's not any inclination in our heart that would stir us toward God. Nothing. Nothing. Unless God moves in first. I've been found by those who did not seek me. I've shown myself to those who did not ask for me. My testimony, you know it, and I'll just say it briefly. When I was in my house, it would have been the end of August 1986, a knock came up on my door, and Bob Owen and Bruce Adams knocked on it, opened it, and they said, Larry and Cinder Grubb said that you wouldn't mind if we stopped by and to talk to you about spiritual things. Larry and Cinder Grubb, I worked with them. They kept inviting me to church, and of course I wanted to clean up before I went to church, which doesn't happen. It's church. It's the relationship with Christ that takes, cleans up the rubble and begins to lay the foundation and build the walls. That's what it does. But Larry and Cinder Grubb, six months earlier, had said, do you mind if we put you on a prayer list? Because every Wednesday night we pray for everyone in our church And we will pray for people who we have permission to pray for. Could I get your permission to pray? And I threw out there, yeah, I believe God answers prayer. I had no idea. I was miserable. I was fighting my flesh, my life, my lifestyle. And uh, for six months... But when Bob and Bruce, oh, Bob Adams and Bruce, Bob, I mean, Bruce Adams and Bob Owen knocked on my door, I about drug him into the house. Why? Because God came first. God was moving in my heart first. God was coming and preparing me, stirring me, talking to me. And when they came in, I was ready. I was ready. I had been found when I wasn't necessarily seeking him. He showed himself to me when I wasn't necessarily asking for him. God moves in first. So here's the question for you this morning. If your faith has been at a standstill, if you've been standing still, Well, I believe in all my heart that God has moved in already. He brought you here, and he's drawing you here. And now he wants you to come to the communion table and just acknowledge where you've been and say, thank you, Jesus, I'm coming home. And if you've got family members, if you've got kids, if you've got grandkids, like we all do, we all got family members, we got friends that don't know Christ, that are out there, they're not necessarily looking for him, seeking him, or asking for him. Well, how about we go first? How about we ask God to move in first? How about we ask him to be that provenient grace and say, God, move in. Move in. And whether it's 
going out and hanging door hangers for neighbors we don't know, or whether it's family members that we love and we cherish and we want to see them have a solid foundation, solid temple that Christ lives in, that we will see Christ move in and when we go knock their door, they will be saying, I need, I need what you have. And you can say, well, Praise God, but you will know that he moved in first and you're second and you're just, you're just bringing him and you're going to lift him up. And when he is lifted up, Christ is lifted up, he will draw all people to himself. Can we believe that? So, Father, I just trust that we've lifted you up today, that we believe you're first, that you will come before and you will stir in people's hearts, and you'll prepare people's hearts. And for those who the opposition has caused dissension and discouragement, I pray, Father, for a revelation of your truth that's written down, that they will see and and know that what you've done for them, that you came first, you came to seek and save that which was lost, You love the world so much that you gave your one and only son. And right now you're interceding for this world and for each of us. Pray as we come to this communion table that our hearts can be right with you and we can know what we're receiving with the bread and the cup. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We're going to serve the communion.